It's the Life After High School Podcast. So Lise, welcome to the show. I'm so happy we were able to make this time and uh, finally be able to do it in person. So it's thank you very much. great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. No problem. I'm a big fan of, in the last few days, in the last few weeks even, um, uh, in preparation, I've been a big fan of the way you conduct yourself in conversations, which has got me really excited for this one to speak to you. Just You handle things very professionally in an open way that makes whoever's interviewing you, or in this case, conversing with you, um, very, very, like, they seem very in tune to what you're saying. And I'm excited for that reason, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Cool. So, awesome. <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. So, kind of, with being life after high school, kind of take us through the transition, like what that transition of post-secondary looked like for you, and take us through that to kind of where we are now. And we'll go so... So that was such a huge transition for me, and it, it was 30 years ago. I finished high school when I was 17, and I'm 47 now. But it's it was just so so challenging for me that yeah. it's very very vivid in my mind. Um, so I finished school at 17, didn't yeah. have the greatest experience in in yeah. all throughout school, and kind of just skipped a lot and just kind of went off the wrong track. And when I went into college and university, so I went to college here in Sudbury first, and then I went to university in Ottawa, and I'd really gotten very, very off track, just mentally, emotionally. I was mm -hmm. depressed, I was anxious, I was into, you know, alcohol, yeah. drugs, and I was still able to do fine in school, but I had all kinds of, you know, just distractions and stuff to cope with right. what I was going through. and. Life just seemed really shitty at that time, mm -hmm. and so there was a point where I was suicidal. So it was yeah. two days before my final exam, and I was in a bad relationship. Just all kinds of stuff that was going on. But outside things, kind of. And childhood stuff that I never yeah. really, you know, I kind of left home and parked that stuff over there, and never. Just hoping to get away from it, almost. Yeah, just yeah. thinking, you know, not even really knowing who I was, or right. you know, I. Kind of get programmed by your family, by your teachers, by your society. Yeah. This is who you are. This is how you have to be this to be what successful. You have to, yeah, this is the lane you have to go in. Yeah, this is your lane, and so you know, I kind of got into that whole period of my life where I just I didn't know who I was, and the parts that right. I did know, I didn't like. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I was yeah, just really depressing, and, yeah, and I was no full fun. of fear and anxiety and. So I'm having this, this moment where I'm actually thinking how to end things yeah. and I'm laying there on my bed and I had this moment of separation from myself. So this moment wow. of like an out of, like out of body kind yeah. of experience is how I would describe it today. Interesting. But it was like I was just sitting there and like all the things that I was worrying about were detached from me. And Whoa. I had this moment of thinking, well... Is that the real me? Is this the real me? Yeah, the is, person I'm detached from. Is, yeah, is uh, that real? And just having this moment of, I'll say awakening, like a little yeah. tiny moment. It wasn't long. And when I when I kind of came out of that, it was just confusion. Right. And I had no one to ask about this stuff. There was yeah. no one in my life. Who do you ask at that point? Like, what, exactly, yeah. right? So, like, ah, just get over it. Yeah, it was just kind so of like, oh, what happened there? Yeah. That was weird. And I wrote my final exam, but something had shifted inside of me, which I, I didn't understand at all. Right. But I, you know, I broke up with the guy, I moved back home, I started cleaning up my life yeah. and just trying to figure out 
who am I and where do I belong and just this whole identity piece that I felt very lost still mm -hmm. and so again it was just this blocking so kind of like okay we'll just push that down a yeah. couple notches and yeah. then I was thinking okay well, society says you'll be happy if you, you know, finish your education, yeah. you get married, you get a good job, you have kids, you buy nice things, yeah. you go on some trips, and so I did all yeah. that. Nice. And and by the time I was thirty, yeah. I had a breakdown, I had a, a burnout, yeah. and I realized in hindsight it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me, right. because it was a time where it was really my awakening in. Uh -huh. Who am I really? Yeah. Who am I really beneath all these layers of story right. that I'd picked up on who I needed to be to oh, be cool. successful? Yeah, like you were able to shift kind of from that. Now, do you think then, um, and kind of tell people what your you're a psychotherapist, right? Yeah, I'm a psychotherapist, a life coach, hypnotherapist, yeah. and author. So those are the roles yeah, <laughs> I the role. currently occupy. Those are the hats I wear. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wear. That's yeah. awesome. So when did you kind of, so you said roughly around 30, like what was your, like, when did you kind of make that snap realization of, okay, these are the things, like how did you make that decision to decide to pursue like writing books and then hypnotherapy and... Because so you mastered in education, correct? So I have a master's in education, but I have an honors degree in psychology. Yep. So I went into psychology almost by accident, yeah. by coincidence. I started working uh, at community living and became a behavior therapist, and then I became the manager cool. of clinical services, yeah. and then I went into children's mental health, and then I went into adult mental health and addictions, and kind of my, my career played out yeah. that way. And when I went into psychology... I really went in to try and figure myself out. Right. So I started out thinking I was going to be a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to college. I did law and security. And then I was 19 when I finished. And Whoa. I had a professor that said, well, why don't you go into criminology or psychology yeah. or something like that and Whoa. kind of get your degree that will open up more doors. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And then just kind of things played out. Oh, so I got into my work really with book book knowledge. Yeah. You know, I'd had a lot of stuff that had happened in my own life, but I hadn't really dealt with any of it. I, I'd right. gone to, you know, I'd gone to counseling once when I was younger because I had an eating disorder and yeah. things like that. And, and I just wasn't really engaged. And, you know, I was going because I was, I'd gotten in trouble with the law and I was yeah, forced to go and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And I was like 15 or something like yeah. that. And I'd not really done any of my work. So I was in this field helping other people when I hadn't really done my own work. Uh, that's... Yeah. It's not good. No. <laughs> it's not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> and so... Uh, as it Well, it is. And I, yeah. and I just think a lot of people are in that situation. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed to talk about it because no. I see people even in their 40s and 50s working as therapists and yeah. they haven't done their own work. And I think if you're in the job of service, you need to be doing your work, and you right. need to be. And it's not like, oh, okay, I did my work now. I'm done. I'm all clean and yeah. clear, and I've never having any challenge. It's <laughs> not how life works. No, not at all, man. I don't remember getting that book at the beginning of all this, being like, yeah, it's gonna be easy. Yeah. yeah. Did not get that. But it's so. like uh, you know, you were talking about you know working out and going to the gym, and you know, you get in shape. Well, if you mm -hmm. stop your healthy habits. And you 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 know you get lazy or you, you just change yeah. into other unhealthy habits. You lose what you gained. Yeah, it's so bad. 
work yeah. twice as hard just to get it back. So I think the Ugh. same with your mental and emotional health. It's yeah. something that's an ongoing process. So there's one thing of dealing with, you know, whatever stuff that you're carrying. And we're all carrying something. Yeah. We all have a story. We all have, you know, stuff we've right. attached meaning to about ourselves, about how the world yeah. works. And as we go through life, we can pack that stuff down or we can start kind of peeling off the layers and looking right. at who, who we are and how how the world works, you know? Mm -hmm. and it's interesting you say that with everybody having their, like, certain things. And I know lately, something I did in the last couple of weeks, um, what I ended up doing is, because I, so I grew up with three brothers, so two older, one younger. So, you know, besides all the ass kickings and all that good fun stuff and, like, the screwing around with each other and whatever that takes place with rough housing, right? Um... I find myself comparing myself mm -hmm. or being compared to like mm -hmm. brothers of mine, right? And as much as it's you don't want that to bother you or you say it doesn't bother you, right? I'm like, oh, that doesn't bother me. I'm my own person. <laughs> or it's like because I choose to do things that they haven't done, right? Whether it be like move out of town for school or go travel or start a show and like they just be like, to them that's all weird. So with that being said, it's very like, comparative with my brothers and stuff and whether that be family everyone's like oh well you're not like your little brothers like well oh, you guys are definitely the same it's like <laughs> or if people who say you look exactly like or you say oh you don't look at anything like your brother then stuff like that so now I've started to almost develop that habit and I had developed the habit of like with social media being like comparing myself like oh that person's working out really hard I need to go I'm not doing anything or why is my show no? Why don't I have clips of this one? It's very, very tough way of thinking, mm -hmm. an extremely unhealthy way of being critical about yourself, because mm -hmm. it's not a self-reflection. At least I don't feel like it is. So I got rid of Instagram off my phone completely. Mm -hmm. I have like the like a messaging app for it, so if you, like you know in groups they need to get a hold of me, fine. But yeah, I'll go on here and there, just like update or post or whatever, show support for certain things, but got rid of it and then I found the weirdest part was almost an hour after deleting it off my phone I went to where it is in a media folder and went where did it oh no it's like second nature subconscious for me just to go in and click and use and I'm like oh man I feel free it's ridiculous it's like the greatest thing that I've put in to my routine between that and then going to jump in the lake every morning like little things like that yeah. for my mental health have been outstanding yeah. and I think it's micro habits you know really Absolutely. having these small changes because if you tell someone well change all this and and people are always saying oh well give me three tips on well <laughs> yeah. if it were that simple we'd probably all be doing it oh yeah no one would have an <laughs> issue and nobody would help. be asking <laughs> for three tips yeah. yeah that's one thing that I think um, now do you think for young adults right having worked in behavior with children and adults, do you think teenagers need therapy? Like, would you say, like, they need it or it's better? Like, how would you... I would go so far as to say everyone needs some kind of... Yeah. And I won't say necessarily therapy. Right. I would love to see in school, starting from just really small children, on, you know, strategies mm -hmm. around mental wellness, yeah. how to think, how to manage emotion, just all kinds of stuff from, yeah. from really early on. And then I really do think that 
teenagers, young adults, having that easy access, but mm -hmm. the connection has to be there first, and, right. and we were kind of talking off camera about yeah. the importance of connection, and it's if huge. you tell a, a, a you know, a class of high school students or college students, oh, there's a counselor down the hall you can access any time. They don't know who that person is. They yeah. don't have a connection. But have that person come in and talk, explain, mm -hmm. tell stories. Oh, well, when you're, you're having a challenge. And I think everyone throughout life should have some kind yeah. of accountability partner, some right. kind of someone that can really coach you yeah. and pull you through some of the challenges that you're having at you know, different yeah. stages, different points, and then kind of be like an exchange of, you know, services or exchange yeah. of, you know, coaching because we tend to go and talk to people who are going to jump into our story and that doesn't pull you through the story. No, it keeps you, no, it, it doesn't keeps pull you through the story. Yeah. It validates what you're already thinking uh -huh. and the truth that you've created in your mind that's gotten you to where you've gotten mm. You find people who will <laughs> yeah. bite on your hook yeah. as you're <laughs> yeah and get real then because there's a lot of things I find like when I used to work in summer camp a lot so I've kind of kept tabs on some of the cameras I used to have just to like almost make sure that they're doing okay and it's never anything more than that like hey they're doing good okay cool but more often than not I see that generation of people who are 14 and 16, 17 now, that not only, especially now with the way classes have shifted and so much changed mm -hmm. that they're already not used to, that they haven't seen yet, they get thrown in this whole different way of education and learning, which is probably less productive of a way of learning as to what they were doing before, which already wasn't great, but that's a whole separate conversation. Um, it's tricky to find people to be accountable with. Like in those, like you fall in the wrong group, mm -hmm. like good luck. Cause yeah. getting pulled out of that and then trying to connect. So with that being said, what's your kind of, what's your process like in your specialty now to build connection with people? It's storytelling. Yeah? To be honest nice. with you, I think people connect with stories and people, yeah. you know, people don't want to be preached at and told how things work. Mm -hmm. So I often share pieces of story and I, I explain things through um, sharing parts of my own life yeah. or just different things and I've never had that problem with connection because it's, right. it's just about being authentic, it's about being genuine and people can connect with that. Right. That's interesting. So with that being said, how do uh, how would you go about telling, or I guess guiding, let's say not in two minutes, how would somebody fix? No, because in X amount of years, there's a lot. So how do people go about stop comparing themselves to others? Because that's so difficult right now, and that's why I deleted the socials, trying to like get away from it, but still using it for this, and like streamline things. Like, and how do you go about that? With all the conditioning we've already had growing up and with the early age that people are having access yeah. or more access, not to say that we couldn't compare ourselves to our classmates <laughs> right. before phones existed, right. but everything's just so much more intensified. Yeah. And you know, comparison is, is the worst form of self-violence, really. As soon as you start comparing yourself to other yeah. people, yeah. Um, you're not going to go and compare yourself to the people who are, you know, not doing well, you're comparing yourself to the people like who are the doing better. And, and so really looking at people who 
maybe people that you admire, people that you, for whatever reasons, you know, maybe with you and your and your video um, podcast series, uh, coaching, or however yeah. parts of your business that you're looking at, you're connecting with certain people and right. certain professionals and certain businesses, and you might be looking at that as how can I how how can I do better? How can I learn what yeah, they're doing? How can exactly. I incorporate that? Or they're better than me, therefore mm -hmm. I'm no good. Right. We're all on this continuum. So it's I, a I really line. it is a tricky yeah. line, and it's a it's it to me it always comes down to managing your own mindset around it. So yeah, it, it's getting yeah, it's really getting to that point of really checking out what are your you know what are your reasons for comparing yourself to that person and right. calling yourself out having that awareness that acknowledgement of you know mm -hmm. is this kind of thinking bringing me closer to my goals is right. it pulling me away from my goals more often not doing that yeah. Yeah. oh comparison for sure and it's, it's a it's, tough line and it's, yeah. it comes down to self-worth right and there's times where you know self-worth isn't a oh I have low self-worth all the time most people have a yeah, you know peaks and valleys for sure it's like yeah. a roll, a bit of a roller coaster at times you can yeah. feel, oh I'm doing great yeah. this is highs great. and lows for sure yeah. yeah and so it's you know if you were comparing yourself to people who are doing the worst in that business you yeah, feel better you feel about yourself better, yeah. it, it, it's all an illusion mm -hmm. but how do you break the illusion you right. bring awareness to it. You start shifting your mind around mm -hmm. it. You get disciplined about being or standing guard at the gateway of your own mind. And yeah. I often tell people, you know, wear an elastic band and really, yeah. you know, just kind of snap and get awareness of whatever mental habit that you have that you're trying mm -hmm. to change. Get awareness of it first. Right. Acknowledge that uh, what triggers it. When it's happening, That's key, yeah. and when you're falling into, because you, you, once you have that awareness, you start noticing. Oh, I'm I'm going to creep these places. I know what I'm doing yeah, right now. Yeah, you see the path that you're going to go on. I'm going to compare yeah. myself. God, you know, I'm going to look on the ex-girlfriend's yeah. thing or the Our new boyfriend did this thing, and just, oh, I'm definitely taller than him. I don't know. Yeah. It's a bad. Yeah. It's not down. a good no, road, and you you can see travel, no. you can see when you're getting on it, and it's just managing that stuff. Like yeah. ninety nine percent of our problems are between our own two ears. Right. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Oh, yeah. it, it's you know oh, we yeah. think it's all out there, but if you can learn to manage yeah. this and shift some of the mental emotional patterns, it shifts the behavior, and oh. there's so much subconscious stuff that drives yeah. this and. You know, I know we both have a, a passion for travel, and yeah. that really that really became clear to me um, in some of my trips. Just on, you know, the way we think the world works yeah. is not the same everywhere. Oh, so I'm so who's wrong. right and who's it's ridiculous. wrong? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, and just learning too in some of my experiences that how much is in our subconscious mind mm -hmm. that we're not even really aware. And we're facilitating yeah. our lives from these insecurities, from these yeah, unresolved, yeah, painful experiences that are just We're letting kinda, that make our decisions for us and stuff. Yeah, yeah. they're just kind of floating around inside of us and get triggered by right. whatever. Whatever. Yeah, which is unfortunate because it's easier to... It's that line that you're trying to play with that's between watching things as a constructive way of trying to apply it and learn mm -hmm. versus comparing yourself and I think those two things are very 
we walk a fine line between the two mm-hmm. and it's trying to be aware and tap into that subconscious like you said and I know from just the research I've done that you've actually implemented the tool of snapping the wristband. Oh, I've implemented so many tools. <laughs> but you think that's your most effective one or you think like I think it was what's for one, one yeah? time because there was a time that, you know, being in my own head was just it was just like being in a bad neighborhood. It was just Ooh. not good. The thinking, the just the comparing, the all kinds of just yeah. negativity, criticism, yeah. judgment, uh, comparing. It's uh, all internal too. Talking about yeah, about yeah. other people, about just putting yeah. other people down to feel better, gossiping, like all kinds of stuff that I was yeah. facilitating in my own world based on my own insecurities and how yeah. that was unfolding yeah. and I wasn't even aware of it. So Jeez. when I had sure. that breakdown and started really getting more awareness, doing my work, mm-hmm. um, that was one of the things was, okay, I really need to set up my mind in yeah. a way that's working for me because this is clearly not working. I was <laughs> at my lowest point right. and if you keep, you know, like the future is not like a fixed reality waiting for us to arrive. No. It's it's based no. on the thinking and the feelings and the behavior yeah. that we have today. So if we want tomorrow to be different, we have to change what we're thinking, feeling and doing today. So right. when I came to the realization that if I stay on this same path of thinking, feeling, behaving and the ways that I mm-hmm. was, the ways that I was just being in my own world with yeah. my own relationships, that's what tomorrow is going to be and next week uh, and the month later and the year later. Yeah, you so, manifest it. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. And I think there's a misconception as well with, I like to say, oh, you know, you whatever you project or you put out, it'll manifest and you can manifest it. But that also goes the same with negative, mm-hmm. with the negative. And I think those kind of things are what I've noticed. It's like people trying to steer away from or if I put certain things out there, or I tell people, I'm like, I'm going to have this person on. Or this next episode with Lise, it's going to be the best one I've ever done. <laughs> right? Like, you put that stuff no out pressure. there. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> or myself. Oof. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people don't realize. It's like, oh, just whatever the universe, whatever you put out there. It's like, yeah, but that it's negative. Like, it works in the reverse effect mm-hmm. as well, right? It has that. Because then you have to work backwards, which is twice as hard. And if you've never worked that hard, it's going to be tougher to form that type of discipline within mm-hmm. to get to what you actually want to do because you have to go backwards to go forward. Like, That's right because we we self-sabotage oh, and we don't even much. know we're doing it sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we do but there's a lot of times that we don't even know that this kind of stuff is driving right. um, our thoughts and feelings and decisions. Yeah, it's, it's freaky. It's freaky to think that that's something that's true because it's, it's going to ask you how do people figure out or how do people create those breakthrough moments? Mm-hmm. Like how and do everyone go about that? I think it's really hard, you know, to do it completely on your own. Um, not that to makes say sense. that it's impossible, but I really think that you need to do the work. So when I say do the work, maybe you buy a, a you know, a self-help book or you get a course online and you, you know, just as much as you could learn how to you know, get in shape without a trainer. I mean, it is possible, but it's a lot easier when you've got someone who's already done it, who can show you, who can keep you accountable. It's way easier, yeah, a mentor of some sort. Yeah, Yeah, having a mentor, having some kind of 
uh, person. And when it comes to the subconscious mind, I mean, there's a reason it's 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 subconscious. Yeah. It's subconscious. Yeah, you don't. It's you're not, not aware. You're not supposed to be. Right. So it's all that stuff that you know. You may be able to pull it out if I ask yeah. you something that may be in your subconscious mind, and I ask you about it and kind of guide you to think about it. Hmm. You you can bring it up, but it's not in your conscious awareness all the no. time, and you're not necessarily aware and I think that we really need to be able to align the subconscious mind with the conscious mind mm -hmm. otherwise it's going to be way more powerful when you think the conscious mind is like five to ten percent of your mind's power and 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 what it entails and the rest is like yeah. 90 to 95 percent it's like it's like fighting a war with an army of ten versus an army of a thousand I mean you're not the, winning you're no not going to win. You might win for a little while, yeah. you know, with willpower and whatnot and drive, yeah. Right, but when you get it all aligned, and it's really, in a way, it's brainwashing yourself. So it's, you know, it, it's putting messages all over, like everywhere in your world, you know, your passwords, I'm amazing, dollar signs, whatever you're trying to attract, uh, having it on, uh, all, all kinds yeah. of just things that, you know, you know, whatever vision board or thoughts and imagine, like just really create something in your mind mm -hmm. because that's where it all starts. Yeah. And then just keep kind of feeding it, feeding it, feeding it because really the negative stuff that got programmed in us, it got programmed in us when we were really young, most for the most Unfortunately, part. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, Go sometimes. So far back to deal with and it, sometimes yeah. not even intentionally. No. I mean, and it's it's kind of fed to us at the same time as, you know, the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and all kinds of stuff. But then we never find out that the other stuff isn't true. We find out, you know. Things we don't want to, yeah. Right. And so then we, we carry it or we have an experience. And then we make this decision in our 7 year old or 10 year old or 12 year old mind. Mm -hmm. And then we carry that through, and at 40 years old, it's we're still thinking it's true when really it's not, if yeah. that makes any sense. No, it does. <laughs> it does. That's an interesting way of kind of, of looking at it, because I'd almost wonder what, like, what parents can do for their kids at that young age, and like, when do they start remembering? Like, how far back do we go? And even though you're not remembering, so things that... You know, and some people can remember at three, four, some people yeah. can remember at six, seven, but they generally say that the, the kind of the filter between the conscious and subconscious mind happens around the age of seven. So you can be programmed with That's pretty cool. much anything <laughs> up until cool. the age of seven. And then after that, you can start kind of having a bit of a critical, then critical that's where filter of, uh, but you're, you're going to believe more so people that uh, you trust and are in authority over right. you, like your parents Absolutely. and who have control over your whole entire life. So, yeah. you know, your parents and, and not to say that they're doing this from a, a bad place. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're Never. giving you what they, they were given yeah. and that includes their fears, their insecurities and, and different things along with all the good stuff yeah. and, and they teach us through their acceptance and approval and the punishment mm -hmm. who to be and how to be and so we learn what parts of ourselves we have to hide and we, so, so we're getting yeah. molded and then we have these beliefs about who we are and how we have to be right. that aren't grounded in reality, no. but it's the truth that we were given and, and, and we adopted. Yeah, and we, we, we made those decisions before we really even had the capacity to decide whether, whether it's, it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. So you touched on family kind of having an impact in what, um, 
what directions we take and stuff. And I was, it's funny because I was having a similar conversation with one of my best friends. He lives in Australia and I know he's going to listen to this and be like, dude, thank you, but what are you doing? So basically I was talking to him a couple weeks ago and he's been there for a couple years now and he does, he's, he's 22, so he's a young guy and he doesn't know kind of, he went there because he wasn't sure, like he, there's a lot of uncertainties, but his family's very, very loving and their intentions are so pure and they're so good, but they're not exactly what he wants and every time he's forced down it, it like has a reverse effect on him, like it's, he just resents the decision, resents going to class, like prefers just not, feels it's a waste of time, but then it's a year that wasted, right? And so I was telling him, <coughs> excuse me, and in the past I've done that, where I've been like, oh, if I were you, I'd do this, if I were you, I'd do this, if I were you, I'd do this. And I was like, dude, I actually apologized to him, I was like, dude, that was bad advice. I should have never said that crap to you, that was not my place to do it, and I'm sorry. He's like, dude, well, like family and some of my friends are doing that, like, what's, what's the big, I'm like, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're... You haven't had the experience. I haven't. Exactly. Right? So I don't, I don't have the, the experiences he's had, so I don't know how to translate that and know. And I'm like... And I know you've talked about this before, which I'm excited to get further into, is try things. Mm -hmm. Try things. Like, learn different things. Hang out with different people. Make new friends. Mm -hmm. Like, if Just you... Just take a different take route a different to route. work. Go eat different Anything, food. Anything, right? Yeah. And you said it too a while ago, like just the little habits, mm -hmm. change those up. Like it's easy to kind of make those adjustments when you're aware, mm -hmm. right? When you bring it to the forefront of where of your mind. And how, what would you recommend to people going through something similar where they just don't know, which is a lot of people when they're younger. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of myself. I knew luckily what I was interested in learning about or whether that was you or whether that's other people who don't know, what do you kind of advice do you give to them or um, to go well, out Well, I actually things? have a, a little, it's just a, a guided online course nice. and it's a self-discovery yeah. course and I'm going to give it to anyone that's watching that wants it. They nice. can just email me at info.lisa.ca. That'll be linked below, and, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. so what I do is I usually have people start by write your autobiography, write the story of your life, write what you remember yeah. about the significant things that have had an impact on you, happy, sad, painful, mm -hmm. fearful, all that kind of stuff, and just see where you've been. Just mm -hmm. see where you've been because you'll start to see that there's themes and there's ways of being and you start connecting the dots of, oh, yeah. mm, mm. oh that's and, why I do that. Yeah. Or that's why I get triggered by that. That's why I react in certain wow. ways. So you start kind of putting the pieces together and then I have people really look at, you know, who are you being in your world? Who are you being? You know, yeah. when you look in the mirror, are you being the best version of yourself? Are you thinking, yeah. being, doing in a way that works for you? And what are your goals? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look at your life, your reality as it is today, and you look at what would you like it to be in two years from now, or a year from now, or six months, yeah. or five years, whatever kind of, you know, you want to think of, and just really looking at, okay, what do I need to set up? What kind of habits? What kind of yeah, people? Yeah, what system? Do, yeah. Yeah, because when even when you look at, uh, down the end of your nose at, at the people, places, and things in your life, yeah. they're a reflection of who you've been up until now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so when you look Point. at that, 
and you think, okay, well, is this really what I want to be reflecting? Am I mm -hmm. hanging out? You know, am I hanging out in the places and with the people yeah. that really energize me, that bring Huge. out the best in me? You've got Huge, to set yeah. yourself up. You can't, you can't think that you're going to, you know, hang out in 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 the worst places with just people that don't align and think that you're going to get to where you're going. Yeah, you're not different. You're not special in that group. You're not the outlier in that group. Great book. You're not the outlier in that group. You're not the special person that's like, oh, I'm above all these people, but they're my friends. Yeah, it's like, mm. and it's not to make anyone right or wrong. No. It's just really looking at where am I and where am I going and who's coming with me. Yeah, I like <laughs> who's, the, who's coming, coming with, with me, me yeah. you know? Um, because I think if you really try to um, bring people who are not aligned with with your goals, with what you're mm -hmm. trying to achieve, and it's your life. Like, there is no one that can do this for you, right? It's like, nope. there's no one that can do it for you. There's no one who nope. can tell you, this is how you should run your life. Like, you're yeah. just saying about your friend, you're telling, well, you know what, if I were you, well, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. So, I can listen to you, but yeah. I can't fully understand your experience in life. I can't. Yeah. And you can't understand mine. No. And da-da-da-da-da. We can have pieces of understanding. We yeah. can have compassion. We can listen and yeah. really hear from a place of uh, not already knowing. You know, I right. call it not the already, already knowing. knowing or the yeah. already listening. You know, it's yeah. when you're listening to someone from a place of you already think you know yeah. how it is. <laughs> Surprise. Nobody does. Yeah. We don't know how that, man, if we would have... If I would have known, it's like, I'm sure if you would have known, it'd be 30 wouldn't have been a break. Like, it would, who knows? But that, but, but that, but maybe that, that is, all that is. To happen the way it who knows, happens, right? right? Ah, There's a story so by um, Paulo Coelho called The Lost Horse, and it's, it's a story about this farmer in China thousands of years ago. And, yeah. you know, his, his horse runs away, and all the neighbors come, and they're like, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible. And he says something like, how do you know what's good or bad? And so then a, couple, a month later, yeah. the horse comes back with a mare. So now he's got two horses, and now they're back. And, wow, you're so lucky. And he said, well, how do you know what's good or bad? And then his son uh, is breaking in the new, the no new horse yeah. and uh, falls off and breaks his leg. So the neighbors are back, and they're saying, well, that's awful. And, they say, yeah, and he says, well, how do you know what's good or bad? And then the army comes to pick up all the able-bodied men to wow, go to war, yeah. and the son can't go because he broke his leg. So now you're so lucky. So it's just, you know, how things play out. And it's just a really interesting kind of story of sometimes Whoa. the worst thing in your life ends up being your biggest breakthrough, or it becomes your <sighs> biggest lesson. It yeah. becomes something that you can use to help other people you right. know when i think of my breakdown it was the worst time of mm. my life like it was two years of yeah. awfulness Oof. however yeah. i write all my books based on these experiences and what i learned i help people from a whole other level a whole oh, I'm other sure you can relate place. a lot more too yeah like, like my whole life opened up from that's, that that's space. so cool so and that yeah. definitely made it worth the while so, totally, thankfully, 100%. Yeah, yeah if somebody That's could cool. say, well, I can save you from that, but you're not going to get all this, yeah. I'd be like, no thanks. No, I'll <laughs> make it through. But I think those, like, there are also people, though, who don't have those breakthrough moments, mm -hmm. who don't have those, like, let's say rock bottom moments and they come back up from or they build off the foundation. They don't mm -hmm. have those. And that's something that I get... I get nervous when I see people not hitting those moments and just kind of plateauing. Yeah. 
and they're right. just People okay. get stuck in fear. People get stuck uh, in, a, yeah. in a comfort zone, which mm. would probably be better called a discomfort zone. Yeah. But it's a place where you're avoiding pain and just trying to stay in, in your known bubble. Mm -hmm. And I've made a point in my life of getting out of my bubble and trying to Absolutely. do things and go places and meet people. And I'm an introvert, so yeah. you, know, you wouldn't know by talking to no, me. No, not at all. I'm but like, I'm, I'm a... <laughs> introvert? I, yeah, well, I call myself an extroverted introvert, but nice. I rejuvenate and I re refresh like solo. alone, yeah. solo. And I love trips that challenge me. Mm -hmm. You know, for years, probably the first 10 years that I traveled was more like resort yeah. uh, beach trips, which are fun too, yeah. you know, but you're kind of bringing your bubble with you. It's vacation mode bubble, but, yeah, you know, you're there with all, you know, kind of people like yeah. you in the same. But when you go to trips where you're really challenging yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, whole new things open up. There's yeah. layers that get peeled off without you being in therapy per se <laughs> right but yeah. it's like you're having these experiences and i've had some powerful experiences of opening my eyes to and it could have been something i read it i already knew from a book place uh knowledge kind of yeah. place but when it filters through and like shifts totally something inside eh? of you and goes into like a, a place of wisdom and true yeah. understanding right it's like it changes your way of being change your way of being wow now, tell me about Peru. So I went to Peru uh, probably 12 years ago and I was going to do ayahuasca. Yeah. So I went to Iquitos and I was going on a 10-day retreat. And so it was about a day of travel there and a uh, 12-day retreat, yeah. So it was about a two-week trip and I was going to deal with past trauma. I'd already done therapy and, and yeah. kind of talk CBT stuff and I had some past trauma and I really wanted to get to the root of it like I just right. want to get to the root of stuff I just don't want to pack stuff around anymore I, I just think life is too short yeah and this stuff goes everywhere you go I mean there's yeah. no way out of it that's it's, crazy it's, you know it's in it's you like so it takes up so much energy yeah. oh, and I felt like I felt even though I was by this point doing a lot better, mm -hmm. um, I always kind of felt like I was managing beach balls underwater. You know, it was just it took up mm. a lot of energy to great just, analogy. Wow, yeah, man. not not face that yeah. stuff. And so I thought, you know what? I had seen a documentary called The um, Jungle Prescription. It was the Dr. Gabor Mate. Oh, and uh, on the nature of things. I don't know if it's still jungle available. Jungle description? Uh, jungle prescription. Prescription. Prescription, okay. yeah. And so I had watched that documentary and I was a fan of Dr. Gabor Mateis. He's a, an addiction specialist out in uh, the uh, Lower East Coast of, uh, Lower East Side of Vancouver. And I just thought, this is what I need to do. It was like, yeah. a, it just called me. And everyone thought I was crazy, which has happened Standard. to me many times in my life. Standard, <laughs> I could yeah. do a whole interview yeah. on that. That's a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. It means maybe. you're doing something. Yeah. And so, um, and I journaled about it. Again, if any of your viewers are interested, uh, I can uh, I can send that to them as well. That'd be cool. So I did I'm a interested. huge journal of cool. just from A to Z. And so this was my first trip solo. So... Um, I went on this trip just kind of with the idea that I'm just going to go and deal with my crap, mm -hmm. get right to the root of it. And for those that don't know, ayahuasca is two plants that are mixed together and brewed into a tea. tea yeah. And um, it's a psychedelic. Yeah. Um, and 
It's powerful. It, it's very powerful, and it's 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 brings you into your darkest places. So yeah. my first ayahuasca experience, I actually just laughed my face off. Like I was just crying, laughing. Just hysterical. Just, I was just laughing, and there's people throwing up and having their own, yeah. you know, ah, like there's it's just, But you're so detached, and and I just laughed. And they tell you kind of, you know, kind of like they give you some guidance before you you get into the mm -hmm. the ceremony and stuff like that. Right, you kind of that tone set. Right, yeah. and there's a lot of support and stuff like that, Absolutely. but they tell you the, the worse the ceremony or the harder the experience, the more healing. So I'm thinking, well, this is, was pointless, because <laughs> I'm just, you know, laughing. <laughs> but I was, uh, my second experience really brought me into that, into those dark places, and it was very, very heavy, and not even just my own heaviness, but almost the weight of the world kind of heaviness. Mm -hmm. and, just like the deepest, I thought I'd had, like I'd had depressions before, I had a yeah. postpartum depression and I had a depression right. in my late teens, but this was just this intense, intense feeling of just like the saddest sadness that I could even imagine yeah. and all these flashes of all the fears and all the things that I'd been, you know, that I'd been, that I was there to deal with mm -hmm. and just throwing up and throwing up and purging mm. and yeah. so it was a terrible experience and I didn't want to do the third ceremony I had a third ceremony as well and when I got out of that ceremony I was like no thank you and I cried the entire next day just That's crazy. Yeah. get it all out I eh? crying oh, it was all just man. coming out and they were you know and they're guiding you and they're supporting they you. know yeah you something know, they haven't seen, seen yeah before. exactly and uh, and so they convinced me you know you came all this way might as Go well make the it. most of it, and yeah. the third ceremony was just utter, utter peace. It was just as though my, my stream of consciousness, uh, the thinking uh, mind, just kind yes. of went... That's awesome. Just cleansed, eh? Just felt like oh, a cleanse. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's Jeez. all kinds of other stories I could tell you, but nice. it was um, one of the, the amazing experiences was while I was in the ayahuasca, I, I had seen, perceived, heard a lot of things between the participants that I wasn't really consciously aware of. I mean, I was around, but when I was in the ayahuasca, it almost felt like a, I was psychic because mm -hmm. all the tiny little shifts and things that were said and kind of almost like hearing the under underneath wow. what was said, like it was just a really bizarre thing. And then when I checked with people, it was accurate. So yeah. it's, it made me realize how much we filter out mm -hmm. and how much we actually, you know, actually goes in into us like in our perceptions but we yeah. filter we filter so much out wow. it's yeah. it's like if you bought a red jeep today then all of a sudden there's red jeeps everywhere and you're thinking was there always I noticed a that thing? yeah but I had it, but we filter what? you know we filter so much That's out crazy. and then I realized yeah. how much we actually perceive without our conscious mind knowing so sometimes yeah. we're triggered well something came in somehow somewhere mm. We're just not necessarily putting the dots together or conscious of it. Jeez, that was interesting. You mentioned that because when I when I had my Dodge Caliber way back when as my first vehicle, I only ever saw Dodge Calibers on the road. <laughs> I was like, "This is crazy." Everybody's waving. People are like, "Oh, I waved at you today." I was like, "I didn't leave the house." <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But. I, and we wouldn't be able to function if no. every little thing that was in our environment actually no. t took up some of our attention yeah. or awareness. We Pretty have draining. To, it would thing. be totally draining. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to function. That'd be, 
that'd be a tricky thing. I don't know what I'd do. But luckily, that's not. I don't <laughs> have to face it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So, it's funny you mentioned um, Peru because I did a similar trip right after school, right after college kind of ended for me. Um, I had been planning it for a while with like, a group of people from school, and it was two weeks to Ecuador in the rainforest. You needed everything from like, like there's medita- there was yoga every morning like just a bunch of leadership, different exercises and workshops that kind of forced you to create those, to have those out-of-body experiences, but also thinking about, like being present and being able to understand what other people think. Like, for example, you take, one workshop we did was ridiculous. We took the, this kind of like, it sparked the most intense conversation we had, but it was, you basically, you have the 10 of us, right? And then you, they have a list and they're like, go on this side if you like, if your favorite color is prefer yellow over blue, so people would do whatever we separate, and then we went further and further and further. It's like children's what rights or women's rights, environmental rights or like human rights. And we we're like, well, I don't know what I, I mean. That's that's women that raise children, but children the few. I don't know what to do here. But you, they're like ten, not and they can't, and you're like, nah. But then you sit and you don't have a debate. You have like a discussion, right, and converse about it. And kind of like, oh, this is your ideology behind why you chose that side. And like some people were like, just didn't know. And then there's some people just mm-hmm. this. And then those kind of people I always found was like, okay, you have a very, very set way of thinking on this. Why? Mm-hmm. And then that would always be, huh, fascinating. But that trip, when I hear you talk about Peru, that's what I think of mm-hmm. in those scenarios. I'm like, oh man, that's, uh, those are intense. And I think those like trips where you go on, like the vacation trips, like you said, comfort zone mm-hmm. trips. I was always out of my element when I was on those trips. I was the only dude for, first of all, on that trip. So that was a different experience altogether being the only male, but then it's everything else that we're learning and hearing the way these women think. I'm like, is it miraculous? This is freaky to me. Like, I'm nowhere near as emotionally mature as you guys. This is really cool. Yeah. So, but if we listen like long enough and get under the layers yeah. and understand where the thinking comes from and be more open to perspectives, and if, you know, if parents could raise a new generation of people that can be open yeah. and can, you know, because I find even especially with, with COVID, for example, is... Yeah. Just opinions have gotten so polarized and just, and not to say that it hasn't happened with other topic areas, it's just it's really in our faces right yeah, now. Yeah, it's very that, you present. Know, if, if, if you're on this side, it's that's it, and yeah. I don't even want to hear what you have to say. So just people are just so, you know, like adamant and, you know, and I, and I just think yeah. like, this is not a time to draw lines in the sand. It's a time yeah. to really listen to ask more questions, to mm-hmm. get understanding, get understanding yeah. because there's Huge. going to be so much consequence from yeah. and, and fallout for years and years around, right. you know, the fears and all kinds of yeah. just the way we've been communicating and interacting around it that's, right. that's really closed and 
um, yeah. it just shuts doors, it draws lines, it polarizes. And when I, you know, when I listen to what you're talking about around conversation and really sitting there and under getting to a point of being able to at least hear, maybe you don't fully understand because right. you haven't had the experiences, right? But to really understand the story that's driving and mm -hmm. to, to get to a place of being able to be compassionate and open that there's an opinion other right. than your own or my own. Yeah, and it comes with a sense of curiosity, curiosity, excuse me, because I'm, I'm genuinely interested in where you're going with some of these things, whether I can relate or not, mm -hmm. which is a good driving force for the show. And like I was telling you off camera before, like, if I'm interested, we're doing this. I'll do everything I can, see what I can to make it work until we see this through. And I think that curiosity as a driving force is always going to go for a good conversation, which is something that I'm super grateful for. And that's been something that I'm like thankful that I'm able to see it through every single time. And then it's mm -hmm. always a good experience with the person. And then we're able to make that connection and then use story and then build relationships that way. And it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Now in 2017, um, I had an interesting experience. It was February 2nd, about 7.30. Um, this man collapsed in our pool, and myself and a few other lifeguards had to perform first aid on him. We thought for two days we didn't hear anything from him. So, after that, every year since, on 2018, 19, 2020, and 2021, this year, a couple months ago, every year, February 2nd, I get really depressed mm -hmm. and I, for quite literally a day. I'll be like, greatest weather the day before on the first, I'm having a great time. The next day hits, I'm like, why do I feel like absolute shit today? And then the next day it's night and day different. Mm -hmm. Kind of like around like a trauma anniversary thing, right? Absolutely. Which is something that I've, a term I've been introduced to in the last couple of months. Can you kind of like, do you kind of know, and this is partially for me to understand as well, more about, but why does that stuff happen? Like, why is that? Yeah, it is, it's a somatic response, and so there's a again a subconscious association. So you yeah. may not even notice what date it is, and there'll still be subconsciously that yeah. reaction. And I've I've had Whoa. a similar experience, and the you know every Easter I have that kind of experience. That's when I I separated seven yeah. years ago, and I may not even really and and now Easter changes, right? So it's not necessarily Whoa. Easter, but it's that those dates, and it's the same thing. It's just that somatic, and it's just around shifting the meaning around it. So when when you have that subconscious association that this is a mm. sad day, this is a bad day, this is something you know traumatic or emotionally painful right. that associated. And I mean, that gets stored in, you know, your emotional center, your fear center, the amygdala, mm -hmm. and then it gets, it gets triggered, right? And right. so, you know, the, the, that's why I love hypnotherapy, because it goes in deep into kind of shifting that stuff. Yeah. But just in, in pre preparing for that, knowing that it's coming, because now you're aware of it, you've made the association, mm -hmm. and it's really setting yourself up in a way to change the meaning around the event and maybe celebrating it maybe yeah change. so it's really kind of tricking yourself in some ways to see it and add different meaning around it because right. what causes the problem is not the actual event 
it's how you're, you know, the meaning you've attached to it, it's, it's a memory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a memory and how you've shaped that memory and what you've right. subconsciously made it mean, how you've interpreted it, yeah. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just like the, the interpretation and the association, it's like, right. you know, if I, if I told you to close your eyes and imagine putting a lemon in your mouth and sucking that lemon, I don't have to tell you a lemon sour, you're going to start go, mm -hmm. having the, you know, yeah, and you're you're, react you're, you'll create it. more saliva. So it's just the physiological yeah. reaction, the emotional response that happens with that subconscious association. Whoa. And, you know, I, I, uh, I just think of a lot of examples around trauma that I've heard, you know, stories that I've heard in the past around things that wouldn't really seem to make any sense. Yeah. But when you break it down, it does make sense. It's like, you know, one lady, she had a fear of cheese. And I'm thinking, okay, like, how do you get a fear of cheese? And on. she'd had a traumatic event where her, her boyfriend had been in a car accident and, and the car uh, um, ignited and he died and he burned to death. Yeah. And then years later, she had a, a fire in her home and she was... Uh, trying to get her cat because she smelled the smoke and she was trying to get her cat so she went and got cheese in the fridge and tried to lure the cat out but the cat didn't come and the cat died in the fire and that's the association so she wasn't really aware of how she got all these uh, fears around Whoa. the event but it makes sense when you break it down and you think about it and it does, so yeah. really having the awareness, validating it, and maybe just giving yourself permission to be sad that day. Yeah, Do we need to be okay. happy every single day? And maybe if that's something that, you know, because I think we can shift certain things. I mm -hmm. think the, you know, the event that you experience, you might be able to shift that by yeah. associating new meaning to it, by changing habits yeah. and patterns on that day. But if not, maybe it's okay to be sad that yeah. day and, okay and just acknowledging yeah. that... You know, that's yeah. why you're feeling sad that day. Right. Thankfully. Because you don't stay stuck in it. No, if you stayed stuck in it, I'd be a, saying like a whole a other thing. Yeah, I don't know But how uh, that would go. But uh, I, thankfully, he like made it through and everything. He just woke up in the hospital and was like, I just remember getting out of the pool and that's it. And I was like, jeez, mm. dude. All right. All right, brother. He's, you and I had a different last mm. 24 hours. Yeah. That's for sure. And it's the emotional, um, like, detachment from from the experience too. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, that's what I often train people. It's like if you're if you're trucking stuck in a traffic jam, for example, and you're on your way to an important meeting and then you're all upset about that, it's way different than if you're in a plane and you're looking down at this, you know, traffic yeah. jam. You don't have an attachment to it. You don't have a story about what's gonna happen. Uh, if so, I love so that. you create all these it, yeah. you know, you create all these stories around things that are happening that then affect how you feel about it and then you replay and you you keep wiring and keep firing the That's same um, neurobiological circuits and so it's no surprise that huh. if you keep repeating the same the same pattern on that day that's fascinating now switching gears a little bit nine books 
Well, I wrote um, four guides, okay. four workbooks, and one is a compilation of stories. And I've written two fiction books, mm -hmm. but I never published them. So, and I want to go okay. back to writing fiction this summer. Yeah, why is that? Why fiction? I just have this idea yeah. of a book that I want to write that's come to me, and I'm really excited about it. So I'm trying to clear some time in my schedule because I'm I'm the kind of person I can't write for two three hours. I need yeah to really be in that writing mode. So right. yeah, I just I, I don't know. Oh, when I was cool. twenty I just I just really wanted to write fiction and never really had the um, I don't know, the time, skills, opportunity and then in my thirties yeah. I I wrote a few fiction books and just wanna go back to it. Nice. And that's like some of them are strat like strategic, like guides, workshop books. So the guides that I've written, they're nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got the PTSD guide, the caregiving guide, grief and loss guide, and the de-stress your life guide. And then there's the caregiving insights. And mm -hmm. then each of those books have a workbook. And actually, nice. I wrote a grief insights book, but that one's not. And that's another compilation. It's not published yet. Mm -hmm. Nice. That would be cool. And that's oh, a very geez. guided. So it's very... Yeah. It's a you know it's a chunk of information and then it's a practical exercise. Yeah. It's questions. Oh, that's cool. And if someone goes through that, it really works you through almost a therapeutic right. process uh, on oh, your own. So that's cool. a self self directed self help <laughs> kind of approach. But it that's, gives you the tools yeah. and strategies. It does, eh? But it's still I find the tricky part with things like strategies and everything is. Or ideas specifically. It's how do you for, like? How do you make an idea? Like, what is step one? Like, I have this big idea. We work back. I, I like to work backwards from it, mm -hmm. and typically, more often than not, it plays out. Mm -hmm. But I like that you add a practical mm -hmm. way of doing it. Like, it's here are the strategies, not just here you go. Those are the three. And you're like, okay, this is we're gonna remove ourselves. These are the questions you gotta ask, and you like break it down. This is how you can implement it because implementing it's, it's, is. Everything. And practicing, practice, yeah. practice, practice, yeah. and keep practicing, and then knowing when you fall away from your your habits, and just knowing and not not having like this black and white, all or nothing mm -hmm. approach to you know physical health, mental health, emotional yeah. health, and really just kind of just micro changes, just keep going in that direction, and you know getting the people and the support and the reminders so that you more you know stay on the right track more so than not because right. nobody's going to do it perfectly nobody's going to do no you know life or health or even you know people who are really extreme i'm sure are not perfect they've, no they've had some issues <laughs> I'm certainly some not. <laughs> yeah not, not at all it's not a i don't i think it's a i mean you can go through everything as smooth and as technically sound as possible like when you're doing something practically you can do it to the best of your ability which might be mm -hmm. perfect for you in the mm -hmm. situational thing or scenario based but I don't think it's possible to be perfect all around it's not a I don't and it's, it's not real realistic to no. think that it's going to be always all the time uh, that you're yeah. always going to stay on track and never have you know, yeah, no. triggered, you know, moments where you're triggered or yeah, moments when just... you kind of go back into an old, you know, default pattern of, mm -hmm. um, you know, just thinking or feeling or behavior that's right. really, you know, it's not serving, you know better, but you're not doing better. Yeah, like, well, why not? Like, well, <laughs> well, there's a whole theory on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my book. Yeah. Amazing. So what is, um, with all you've seen and all you've kind of 
all you know and all you've studied about these things and all the people you've talked to, what is something you find as a common misconception people have with the term mental health? Well, because it seems very broad, mm -hmm. but also I think right away relatable. when you say mental health, people will automatically associate mental illness, and right. it's not necessarily. I mean, mental illness is on the continuum mm -hmm. of mental health. Yeah. But having good mental health is really being, and it should be really mental emotional health because mm -hmm. they're so you know it's so intertwined. Yeah. And I think it's really again it's around you know, your whole thought process, the thinking, feeling patterns that you have, and being in that self-management around how you're thinking, and being able to have that awareness, right. shift that, and use your mind in a way that works for you. Like, the mind is such a powerful thing, and I could yeah. probably talk for an hour on how powerful the mind is, and yeah. if, if people could just get that, because I think that generally human beings have this huge misconception about what's causing their stress and what's yeah. negatively impacting their mental and emotional health, you know, they think it's all out there yeah. and it's not. It's mostly in here. It's how you're perceiving and interpreting everything that's going on, everything that's going on around you. And uh, one time I was uh, hiking in the Grand Canyon and um, I got to the campsite and I sat down on a boulder and yeah. like I put my backpack down and yeah. you know was eating a granola bar putting band-aids yeah. and stuff and just kind of like I was like just wow you know this is wow yeah, this is so amazing and then I got up and went and did some stuff and I looked back at the boulder and there was a rattlesnake coiled up on the boulder so I was like totally no. at peace 100% yeah. at peace Sitting on a boulder with a rattlesnake. I'm afraid of little garter snakes. Like, yeah, I so not one that can snakes. like. No thanks. And my, you know, and then I once I realized that I was freaking out. You know, I of was course. like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Yeah. I didn't have a tent, so I was like, it's going to slither into my sleeping yeah. bag and da da da. You know, and, and I'm and in like a panic state. Yeah. But rightfully so. That he, well, rightfully so, maybe, maybe not, because when huh. the guy got there, he jumped up on the boulder and was like, wow, she's a beauty, he's like looking at the snake right up in the, you know, and he's like, well, if you don't bother them, they won't bother you. Yeah, blah, him and blah, I blah, have blah, different blah. problems. Yeah, <laughs> but just to say, his, you know, his conditioning, his yeah. experiences, his thinking about rattlesnakes was very different than mine, and his reaction to that rattlesnake was very different than very mine. Very different. Plus... I was totally at peace on a rattlesnake, like on a boulder with a rattlesnake, because you need your mind to interpret something and perceive it first. Yeah, absolutely. Before your body can do anything. Right. And so <sighs> then yeah. when I'm away from it, mm -hmm. I'm completely stressed out, afraid, freaking out, and nothing's happening. I'm safe now. But, but you're tripping. And that's how yeah. we use our minds. Like we use Whoa. our minds all yeah. the time to keep us in a spin. And it's yeah. very, very hard to pull yourself out of that spin. Mm -hmm. And I, I always say this That's because so cool. it's, I love this quote of Einstein's, is you can't solve problems with the same thinking that created it. So you yeah, can sit there like and try really to solve good. a problem. Well, how do you solve that problem with the same thinking you used to create the problem? Yeah, it's like because you have the problem in the first place. <laughs> you created it with the thinking. Mm -hmm. so you Go back, change your thinking, yeah. Or help get someone that Guidance. can help you pull yeah. you through that challenge and really get you to the other side of it. And mm -hmm. to do that, it's shifting something inside of you. Like they're not giving you something. Right. They're, you know, they're. And when I say, you know, you have to do it. 
you have to make those shifts. Yeah. People can help you along the way. People can give you tools. People can show you the way, but you still have to take the steps. You yeah. still have to develop the discipline to implement and practice and keep all these habits going in your life. That's tricky. And, and for some people, yeah. they say, well, that sounds like a, a full-time job. You know what? It is at first. Yeah. It is at first, but then it gets easy. It's so much easier, right? it feels better, yeah. and then you want to do it. Right, it's like the well, argument I give people. Back? Exactly, right? And it's the same, like, why would you go back? And it's the same reason why I give people, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get in shape, work. And I'm like, getting in shape is hard. <laughs> I'm like, being in shape is easy. Mm -hmm. It's your schedule's already made. You know who you're training with. You, you know where it. you're working out. You, you enjoy it, right? You love you it. You enjoy it. it. Mm -hmm. It's like a runner's high at the end of it. And it's, it's just ridiculous. So it's like, hey, there's this. You just got to shift and then change that up a bit. And it's but if you try to like to do too much too fast, yeah. it's too outside of the comfort zone and then they're just wanting to resist it. So there's this internal mm -hmm. resistance that keeps pulling them back. Yeah. So that's why I always think, you know, if you can do small changes and stay with them and then add to those changes yeah. and, you know, to, to say how hard it is to change habits, like when you have a really ingrained habit, like if, yeah, like if I asked you to sign your name with your non-dominant hand, it's hard, right? It'd be super hard. Good luck, yeah, good but luck, But then one. if you do it with your, re with your dominant Eyes hand, closed, yeah. super easy. Well, how long do you think it would take before you got just as good with your non-dominant hand as with your dominant hand? A bit of time. Practice. Yeah, practice. A lot of practice, probably. So when you have these default patterns, this mm -hmm. automatic pilot kind of I way love of that example. Yeah. doing things, um, a thinking, you know, however, and then you want to switch it, it does take some discipline. It does take some yeah. practice. It takes awareness. It takes some, you know, somebody to help kind of give you those pushes right. in the right direction. And it's that identity you have. And I'm sure you've read or at least heard of it, Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. where he gives that great example about quitting smoking in the beginning of the book, where he talks about people like, oh, I'm trying to quit smoking. It's like, why well, you have that attitude, but you still keep smoking. It's like, just somebody says, hey, you want to smoke? It's like, just say, no, I'm not a smoker. Mm -hmm. You're not identifying yourself as that person. Because then in that, with that specific point, it's like, well, or with, sorry, with that specific example, it's, oh, well, I'm identifying myself, oh, I'm trying to quit smoking. Well, now you're identifying yourself as somebody you're not, which is And as soon as fail. you use the word trying, you're telling your subconscious mind, you're already programmed yeah. in your subconscious yeah. mind to fail. Because it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You're That's already ridiculous. saying trying. Well, yeah. don't even talk about trying. No, it's <laughs> like, I am not a smoker. Yeah. And then you just, ah. And those, like, systems that you put in place to do like things like just something so simple, right? Just a mm -hmm. little bit of thinking, like different thinking or switch up the mindset mm -hmm. is, and like you said though, right? That mindset's formulated over time and everything, but And we don't know where it, it comes from. It just feels real and yeah. true and it's just a fact in our, you know, it's our truth. Right. And so even present. recognizing that some of our truths aren't yeah. even true is, is a, it can be a challenge, right? Yeah. Because some, we don't out know. Out of body for sure. We don't know what you don't know. Right, which is unfortunate, but it's a, uh, at the end of my Ecuador trip, my trip leader rocked, shout out to her, just beautiful mind, she pulled me aside, and I was kind of like the last in person where they've had with her, and uh, she's like, Glenn, I was like, yeah, she goes, you can control, or you can control 
You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to what happens to you. And I don't remember, then I haven't talked to her like in person since, and I was like, well, talk to her here and there, right? Never about that specific time, but I take that into everything, and that's kind of one of the pieces of advice, because I feel as young as I am, I don't like giving advice. Like, I have a couple things that I throw at people here and there. Because like you said earlier, right? Like, I don't know, I can't really relate, so I just go, mm -hmm. do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Which is actually better than saying, do this or do that. Mm -hmm. But, at least I think so. Or guiding but. them to their own. Exactly. And, and, and in the reaction part that you just said, it's, it's creating some space between the stimulus and the reaction. You know, being yeah. able to create that distance, yeah. that kind of what I was talking about, if you're in a plane looking down almost. I love that example. It's so good. Creating some distance yeah. emotionally between what happens and your response to it. And that will just start to slowly, you know, shift the way you see, feel, and, and, and act yeah. in certain situations. Which is wild. Yeah. It's, that's such a cool way of looking at it, too. And I think having those... And I think this episode specifically will give, like, I'm hoping a lot of people have that shift where, not so much a big shift where it's now their mindset's changed, mm -hmm. but at least be more aware of what they need to do or that aware that, that they need to take the steps mm -hmm. to get the mindset shifted a bit. Because right? there's just no magic guidance. till. Nope. You know, I've learned that nah. <laughs> no. it's just, you know, there's no magic pill, there's no, yeah. you know, quick fix, drive-through yeah. solution. Um, no. It's really a work in progress, and it's, right. again, it's awareness. It's creating that acknowledgement within yourself and, mm -hmm. and that, you know, changing, the, the yeah. just changing and keeping some of that. I think anybody can be well. I think of where I came from and and kind of places that I've been mentally and emotionally and where I'm at now. And I think, man, if I can do it, I just think anyone can. Right. You know, I mean, right. maybe barring some people with, you know, a very severe mental illness mm -hmm. that really, illness, have, yeah. you know, are very, very sick. Um, you know, but I just think that, you know, if you, if you really get disciplined and committed and go out and find the tools and surround yourself with the people that bring out the best in you, that mm -hmm. energize you, that make you, you know, yeah. bring out like bring out the, you, best the version top of, of yourself. your game, yeah, you know, exactly. like that top help you stay at the top of your game yeah. and that pull you through those challenging moments because, you know, life is going to be that roller coaster. There's going to be some, you know derailments uh, you know we're all looking at everyone else thinking they've got it all figured out while they're looking at you thinking you've got yeah. it figured out <laughs> you know, we're, all, we're all on the yeah. you know we're all on the same right. uh, ride it's because there's no pill because we are all different yeah. we're all the exact same they just be well we're going to tweak that on the next yeah. one no now it's like wow well, maybe someday but yeah, I think not, 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 for, not close to not that not my yet. lifetime I don't think <laughs> not mine but. for sure but at least with that being said, uh, as we kind of conclude um, the episode for today, um, and I would love to have you back on, for sure, obviously. But um, what is kind of like a last piece of like information or advice or message or strategy or something you'd like to pass along to my demographic, my viewers, let's say? I think it's the whole self-discovery piece and really looking at where you've been, where mm -hmm. you're going, who you truly are and really yeah. being able to honor that authentic self and to be able to stand in the full power of who you really are and to be able to start showing who you are because I know I spent years of my life as a chameleon 
just kind of hiding, figuring out what you know. What do you want to hear? How right. how do I need to be right. over here, over here, and shifting and and you know. And I don't know if if you know if that's the 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 best message. But I think that if you can really stand in who you are, and and this is a time of discovering because you're yeah. leaving. You know, you're leaving the nest. You're leaving being told who you are and how to be right. to you're now independent but all right. that conditioning is coming with you so yeah. kind of really looking at the the world is your playground mm -hmm. it really is absolutely it really yeah. is try different things but you may not Everything. think it is and you may not yeah. see it that way it's just the way society's kind of molded you and stuff exactly so you know if you can kind of do that self-discovery part mm -hmm. and start really looking at what do you want to make of this life like you know sometimes i'll pull out a, a measuring tape and say you know what you're right about here you got all this left <laughs> you know no, or, or yeah. hey, you're over here you like, got yeah, this much you got left. all this space left <laughs> to go assuming we live yeah. a nice long life yeah it's not but linear thinking, <laughs> but thinking about yeah. that and how much life you have to live oh, and knowing so like this is your life yeah. like this is yours this one's mine yeah and like you get to be the creator you know? it's so, so cool start using it's your so much fun and creating and yeah. having fun with life and that's you know, we're all living in fun. fear and like yeah. these programmed little robots like what do i need to do and how do i yeah 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 it's bad and that might be a you know it might be a piece but when it becomes taking over your life, it's just yeah. not healthy. It's right. just not good. And I don't Tons think you could find anyone who's, you know, on their phone all day, just kind of yeah. doing this all day exactly. and feeling great and living yeah. life to the fullest. So, you know, yeah. live life to the fullest and nice. get the tools. And yeah. I've got a few for, for your um, Amazing. audience. I'm excited for those as well. So I know my audience won't be the only people to... Looking at that, I will be as well. Uh, Lise, thank you so much for displaying your wisdom for me and uh, <laughs> helping me out today and uh, for the conversation. So I, I really appreciate it. Thanks so, for the amazing conversation. Awesome. Thanks for having awesome. me. I hope to be back sometime. Yeah, amazing. All right, so thank you guys. Appreciate it.